Okay. You good? It's too big. It's too, yeah. Um, yeah. I assume that uh, next week we will have shear because everybody's going to be even more rested. Is that a correct assumption? Good assumption. Uh, right, but this, it's an opportunity. That's why they have uh, it's the only chaga that is still a machlekes, but at least uh, you can certainly take off. And um, the yeshiva still have yeshiva, right? I assume. So um, we will, uh, unless uh, you find that otherwise by email, you will... Um, hopefully getting reminded that we will have Shear. And for those of you on Zoom, there should have been a copy uploaded of the next two Marmachemists. We're going to begin this week to start to maybe get the overview to figure out what the Machlech is between Mordechai and Klai Yisrael was and what his Shita was, where their misunderstanding was, where the mistake Happened and a lot that goes along with it. Last week we covered the first Gemara where we're talking about the Yichus. Was he from Yehuda? Was he from Benjamin? And Gemara says the good news is each Chelik of Klai Yisrael was claiming him to be theirs. And David Melach said Shemi Ben Geri didn't kill him right away, and they said because of that Mordechai is around. And they were trying to take credit. The second half of the Gemara, which was in Megillah Yud Gimel Ben Aleph which we saw last week, was a taina that, unfortunately, David Amal didn't kill Shimi, and now we have Mordechai starting up with Haman and putting everybody in danger. And from the Benjamin side, Shalomel didn't kill Agag, and that's why we have Haman creating the danger. So everybody had tainas across the board, but the main taina was Haman is dangerous, and why are you starting up with him? So, follow me on this. It's a fascinating sugya because it has to be addressed. It's the main child of the Megillah. What was Mordechai doing? The key to the Megillah is that you don't have to understand the whole lumdus of the svaras of the sugya. You have to have a munus chachamim. And we'll no doubt spend a lot of time on that. But I want to first start with the basics. What was his decision? They didn't have to understand it then or later. But the Gemara and the Rishayim talk about it a lot. And he was 100% right. And the question is, what was the din? And that's important not only for the understanding of the Megillah, but understanding when more mysterious nefesh is required in Gullah's conditions, and who's required to do it, um, the tikkunim that the Gedalim have to set into motion to try to fix up things that went wrong in terms of public policy when they didn't ask in the first place. And that's still Nagea today. Leilainu, everything should be done right in the first place. But that is Nagea. So there's a lot to discuss. We're going to try to make some headway now, but over the next few weeks, it'll hopefully become clearer. So let's begin. You have in front of you a short Gemara, Yud and Aleph, and the Gemara is echoed in a famous Medrash in Shir Shirim with similar possibilities and Shitas, but opposite names. Which is going to make it even more interesting. So let's go to the Gemara. Yud Beis Aleph. Shalu Tamidavitz Rabshim Beyachai. Second time tonight we have Rabshim Beyachai. 
Um, similar theme. They're getting threatened by the Goyim. It's Esav, Sani, is Yaakov, the worst form of Esav. It's Amalek, so it actually uh, does fit in with part one of the Shir. And here, there's not just shepherding that there's a slight danger in one community. This is an existential threat to Klai Yisrael. And the Talmidim asked from Shem Bayachai, what triggered this? It's interesting. He didn't say, as he's quoted in Rashi, Halachi Esos and Yaakov. Because Halachi Esos and Yaakov means Klaisal suffered and it was challenging and it was dangerous, but it wasn't an existential threat. This is what triggered this that Klaisal now stood on the brink of destruction. It's different Shaila. And the answer is going to be very important. As horrific and mind-boggling as the Holocaust is for anybody who knows anything about it, and it's still fresh, keep in mind that Klai Yisrael was spread out all over Arba Confessorates, which is all say the reason for that. So, B'deach HaTeva should be a little more protected, even though nothing's B'deach HaTeva, Hashem has to protect them anyway, but Hashem does it, B'deach HaTeva. And over here, the time of the period between Chorben Bayes Rishon and Binyan Bayes Sheni, it's the first time they find themselves, all of Klai Yisrael's, under the jurisdiction of one person. But to keep that in mind, because that's highly unusual. You had, under the Romans, which was not only no picnic, but... Uh, collectively, if you put together all the years of Shemad, in a way it was worse in terms of the torture and the murders and loss of life. Yeah, there's no loss of life. They were all saved. And we have Perm. Hanukkah, which we're busy contrasting because it's coming. Hanukkah was at a very dark time in Bayashani, and they apparently felt there was an existential threat in Ruchnius. The Greeks actually were not trying to kill everybody. They were just trying to have them become more cultured and give up their mitzvahs and not be such diehards for Avedis Hashem and you want to do some mitzvahs and learn Torah, we love wisdom and you can translate it and we'll put it in the library. So that was dangerous which is why they had to fight but the matzav here in, under Haman, under Achashverosh ended up being Hainu Hach was that the whole world was under him and Haman is now in charge and Achashverosh is not fighting him because he might be as big a rush as Haman is. So that's why Tamidim asked Mishrim Be'achai, what triggered this? The expressions over here in this Gemara need Hezber. When I even explain this one and the next one, not for now, but I want to get through the main points of the Gemara. It's not often a lot of conversations between Mishrim Be'achai and Tamidim and Zayar and Gemara's. So they asked them a very important question, which is the question of the whole Kalos period between Bayesh and Bayesh the whole story of Perm. And they ask him the question, he says, uh, what do you say? What do you think? So he had to be there, maybe his Tamidim were uh, Tanaim themselves. So he said, well, that's a very difficult, complex question. What do you think? So apparently they were thinking something, and he knew that, that's why he asked them. The beginning of the Megillah. Megillah starts with the Suda, and Mordechai tells them not to go, and they went anyway, 
and they had Anna, and their answer is going to be, this part of a major machlik is they're having with Mordechai, is that you have to be politically active, we've got a lobby over here, and you can't not go, and the um, palace is inviting us, and we've got to be good citizens, and don't worry, we're not going to get into too much trouble. And they attributed Mordechai's Steikheit uh, to the fact that, okay, he knows how to learn, but politics he knows nothing about, which is a problem, because the Gedele Yisrael have to be making decisions on this. They can have input, but after we heard what they said, he said, I understand where you're coming from, but you're wrong. And this whole party is being set up to celebrate the demise of the Jewish people that Hashem, Rahman Islam, forgot about them, and he's going to take out the big dikahuna. This whole thing is against the Jews. They said, no, it's not against the Jews. Don't be so nervous. It's not against the Jews. It's uh, parties making for all the Medinas. He invited everybody. It was against the Jews. Might have been other reasons for the party, but there was a personal vendetta, and he will take out the big dekuna, and the Yidin who are there are going to be standing there watching it. And at that point, they can't say, Your Highness, you can't do that. We're rescinding our acceptance of your invitation, and we're storming out. That would have been good, but they didn't do that. And they stood there, and they're complicit in what he was doing, and he's showing off, he's celebrating, he's showing off the big dekuna and the kalim of the base of Mikdash. That's a big problem. And the other problem was that they're serving wine and they're creating an agenda, how do I say this delicately, of not extreme sneers. Is that a delicate way enough to say it? Not extreme sneers? That might make it sound far too good. Their whole agenda was to get Klaeso to do more virus. They could just solidify that Hashem is never going to take them back. So Mordechai says, no, but. And they said, uh, Rabbi, you're, we respect your learning, but um, this is, uh, I don't even want to say the words, but you have to understand what was in the, some of these were otherwise good people who are going to do tshuva by the end. So I know they're good people. But they probably said at the time, or wrote it on some uh, WhatsApp group, something like that, that... Uh, Politics is not his thing, and even though he represents the Jewish people, but we got to sideline this, because if we don't go, it's really going to be political trouble, and don't worry, we can hold our wine, and we're not going to look out of our Dalaramas. And this thing about the Kalim of the Beis Amikdash is mamish uh, conspiracy theory, and not happening. I can picture the conversation. So uh, Mordechai heard what they said, and said, you're completely wrong, and this is an Isayan, and yes, it's Politically a little dangerous, but it's far more dangerous to go. Interesting thing is that the Gemara makes a drasha that Lamaisa, the two people in charge of serving the wine and the whole halachelach of the party, ended up being Haman and Mordechai. And Zilberstein and others have uh, chuvas about cure of issues. These are always important shailas. And he asked them from going made a chayram and put up cold carriers and everything, and there were still enough people who went. Then Mordechai had to make a difficult decision. Okay, it has no ashkocha now. Should I go and give the ashkocha to keep them out of trouble to the best of my ability? That's a very thorny question. Because if he goes, then they're just going to take it possibly as, you see, he came around and he agrees with us, and he just wants to make sure everything's kosher. Yeah, we don't like bishalakim either, and uh, we'd like to eat uh, glat kosher meat, and he's here. But he agrees with us. Or they would hopefully see, no, he strongly disagrees with us and he's trying to save our Ruchnius and therefore he's here because that's better than nothing. 
They can let it go. That's a pretty difficult shayla. He went. That can't necessarily be extrapolated to case in the ground. Zilberstein's case. I happened to be a fellow who, on the college campus, was the head of a Hillel group. He was not from at all, but he started becoming from. And in the process, he realized at some point that there's nothing very Jewish about this program that I'm running, or these various programs, and I don't really want to be here. And then he thought, if I'm not here, it's going to be worse. And he asked the Shailah. So one of the possible rises of Mordechai, but it's not really a riot, because Mordechai was the Russian Hedron already. This young man is starting to do tshuva, and he's got to practice Hayach HaKedmin and get to a safe place before he gets sucked back in. So it's not exactly a dimya necessarily. But he was there, he asked it before, he asked it during, he asked it afterwards, and he made sure, despite all the horrible things that were going on, that at least they wouldn't start off eating tarifas. Despite all that, the Tamidim told Rabshim Machai, they think the reason Klaizal is going to be destroyed now is because they went to the Suda. Even knowing everything I just said, that should be pretty shocking. Klaizal should be destroyed because they went to the, okay, there's preachers there, and there was Yain Akum, and there was Bishal Akum, and they were mixing, and it wasn't good, rubbing elbows with the wrong people, and they took out the big Dekuna. It was horrible. Okay, but uh, that, that should be destroyed. They weren't happy about the big Dekuna, they weren't happy about showing off the Kalim. They weren't cheering it on. They were standing there, and that was actually well, it was to be destroyed for that. But they had a they had a different kasha in the Talmidim. Im Kain Shabashushan Yahargu Shukalalam Kula Al Yahargu. So Shembachai said Talmidim, that's a very heinous crime, but it was only the local people in Shushan, and the rest of Kalayasra was not emailing in or wasn't live streamed, and they weren't really part of it, and there was a great distance between them, and they probably heard about it way later even though it was a long party. And I understand if there's a Gzeira on Yehudi Shushan, what does that do with the rest of Klaisville? And with that, in this Gemara, Abshem Echai slugs them up. And now they're baffled. So why Taka was there a Gzeira on all of Klaisville? Amala Emrata, Amalahem. Emrata is also a strange expression. Amalahem Ibnei Shehishtachavu L'Tselem. He says the Gzeira now comes... According to the first shot, is because they the Suda. The Gzeira came when? Suda starts off third year in Ahasuerus' reign? The Gzeira was nine years later. So when they came furious at Mordechai, you're putting us in danger, we told you this wasn't a good idea, why don't you just bow down to him or at least say hello, something? And he said, no, it's not because I didn't bow down to him, even though that's what it looked like on paper. It's going to be a major th- the major theme of Perm and the Megillah is this argument and they said, well, why did it happen now? He said, it happened because nine years ago you went to the Suda. And the godless Eklaisos, they ended up coming around and believing him, and as they should, and doing tshuva. And joined his tainess and his tshuva. That's incredible. Nine years? I had no shaykhis. This mandamar, which here is Rabshem Bayechai, who told the Talmidim, no, it's not the Suda, because that was only Yehudi Shushan, why is the rest of the class responsible for that? He said it's because they bowed down to the Salem of the time of Nebuchadnezzar, which is even further back. Well, if you remember over there, if I'd ask you, did they bow down or did they not bow down? No. Nope. It's a pretty famous Misa that's mentioned in every tefillah we could possibly mention in Abbas. It's a tremendous chus. Hanani Mishav Azariah certainly did not bow down. And they made a very clear point that they're not bowing down then or later. And if you want to throw this in a fiery furnace, go right ahead. So who bowed down? 
So, we're going to get to the Medrash soon. The good news is, Chaim HaShav Azayah didn't bow down. A tremendous Kiddush Hashem. The bad news was that everybody else did. It's the part of the story we don't hear about, because we're always talking about Chaim HaShav Azayah. It's pretty scary. Rav Shem Ba'echai know there was a threat hanging over all of Klai Yisrael to be utterly destroyed because most of them did bow down. The Medjah is going to say that there was a selection of 23 representatives from each nation. His real intent, Nebuchadnezzar, was to get the Jews to bow down, but had to make it look politically correct. So he says, this is just going to, going to have a celebration and, um, and an Avedah here, and we're taking 23 people. It took 23 Jews, high-profile Jews. We don't know who the other 20 were. And Hanani Meshav Azayah, the youngest, most vulnerable, obviously the greatest Sadiqim, did not bow down. The other 20, whoever they were, did. And that was a not stomach critique of Kleisrael. Apparently, Tamidim could have asked now, well, that's only the people who showed up for that. Matzav over there was after the rest of Klai Yisrael. The answer is, that was Klai Yisrael. He selected 23 representatives from Klai Yisrael. Can't say that was only in one city. He brought the whole world. The whole world was watching that. So he said, so why don't we concentrate on Chalayim and Shavah Zayah? answer is, it was only 3 out of 23. You all look disappointed because you used to think Chalayim and Shavah That was a grand success. Shem Ba'achai over here says, uh, it was a grand success for them. It was not a success for Klai Yisrael, and it was a long time ago, and Hashem is Kehler Chapayim, and Hashem waited, waited, waited. I'll give you a, just a small hint now, which we'll elaborate in future weeks. This will start to give you an inkling in why Mordechai Tzadik picked not bowing down to any form of what is real or imagined as his red line of mysterious Nefesh, because there needed to be mysterious Nefesh to undo that, was pro- that problem and that issue and that threat had to be taken away. It gives you, you can hear Chris Megillah for a hundred years and not even know the beginning of this. It's still Yetzi, but it gets very, very deep and makes a lot more sense when you understand what they didn't understand because a nine-year gap and then a, a 50-year gap and he's connecting things instead of saying, you didn't bow down and he's furious and now he wants to kill Kali Israel and it's all your fault. You're talking about ancient history over here. So I understand the Nisayan that the masses couldn't understand. And the bloggers are having a, a field day. And Mashem Be'echai, the Tamidim didn't know. They, they also heard Chris Megillah for many years. They still didn't know what was going on. And Mashem Be'echai says, no, it went all the way back to Mechonetzer, and apparently everybody else bowed down. No, when they heard that, they said, okay, so then how'd they get rid of the Gzairah? It's also very... Mysterious and deep, the end of this Gemara. So they asked Hashem Echai, so then how do we get out of the Gzeira? Avodah Zara, for the representatives of Klai Yisrael, is like Klai Yisrael doing Avodah Zara. That's about as serious as it gets. Amr Laham, so Hashem Echai told them, Haim lo also elu lapanim, afakashbach lo also imam elu lapanim. He said, they, well, I'll reserve the exact taich in this, because it's in the next Gemara, but... The simple type for now is they didn't really want to do Avodah Zarah, they're just being forced to bow down. So it was only from the face outward, Lepanim, meaning it wasn't internal. They didn't really believe in this nonsense. And that's still Yehar Vayar, and it was bad. But 
since Hashem knew they didn't really want to do this, and they were forced, even though they did the wrong thing, so Hashem, when he made the Gzeirah hang over Klai Yisrael, they were able to do some tshuva to recognize the mistake, and the Gzeirah was only skin deep, meaning it was a real threat, but Hashem wanted them to at least recognize that even though you don't mean it over there, there's still a taina. So that was the Midi connected Midi. That's Exhibit A. Take a look at the Medrash in front of you. We'll get back to exactly what went wrong by Nebuchadnezzar and what they bowed down, what that thing was, that statue. But right now, let's just assume it was simple of Zarah. And you look at the Medrash Rabbi here. It's in Shira Shira and Perek Zion, Pasuk Ches. Top line. So this is parallel to the Gemara, a similar conversation, but it's the opposite names, meaning same names taking opposite Sides. M. Cain. Did we see the Medrash? Lama bo Yisrael besafek. Safek meaning Safek annihilation. Rachman l'aslam b'mei haman. Rabbanon, Rab Shimon b'yachai. So Rab Shimon b'yachai had a machalikas with Rabbanon. Doesn't have to mean the Rabbanon of his time. It can mean his Talmidim, who were also Rabbanon. It sounds like the same conversation. So what's the machalikas? So Rabbanon amri, al-shal v'yisrael v'adazar. So let's call the Rabbanon the Talmidim, just to match it up. Says they did a Vazar. When, where? Tanibuchanetzer. Abshem in Amar, Abshem Bayachai says, Tam Abshem is Abshem Bayachai, by the way, anyway, but it says Abshem Bayachai in the first uh, line. Abshem in Amar, Al Sha'achlu mi Tafshul Hagayim. They ate Bishalakim. Now, it wasn't just a Bishalakim problem. Bishalakim is a hedge against assimilation. And they were at the party, and it means to the Sachashverish. And they went and they had the wine, and the Bishalakim, and the pizzas, and the big day kuna, and the works. This is what Shem in this Medrash. So they asked, but that was only Anche Shushnabira. So why is the rest of Israel? Threatened with annihilation. At the end of the long party, it was a personal invitation to the locals. He said, Now, what does that mean? I described it to defend the Kasha that Kaisal is very far apart, that's spread in 127 Medinas. Let's if you can do something about it. So, my understanding is, had it been totally unacceptable to mingle with the Gaim in all of Chai Yisrael, this wouldn't happen to Shushan. The fact that it became somewhat acceptable in other areas, over here they had the excuse, well, political action, and we got to go, it's not so bad, and that was a taina on Chai Yisrael. So here we have a similar machlekes, but Rav Shimon is the one that says, and the Rabbanon say that it was the Tzalem, it doesn't spell it out, but it says Avodah So the parish in the back makes mention of that. Take a look at the flip side over here on page 2. Top line, the Gemara Sham Muva, the Shalot Tamidus Es Rab Shem Be'echai, Ne'eman Es Chayvus Anem Shi Yisrael Shabbat Why words Klai Yisrael under the threat of annihilation? Amalahem Imratem, Amalab Nation, Enemy Sadat Sashal, it's a Russia. That's our Gamar. Amalam Imkain Shabashushan Yaragush Bakholam Kula Al Yaragu. Amalamata Amalahem Ibnashtahavulatalam. Same two sheetas, but here Rapshem Yachai said the other one. Lochaira, skip two lines. Lochaira Saysam Divya Gamar Bashem Rashbiv Rabbanam. Medjashenu, according to this Medjash Rabbah, Shamuvalahepuch. Rayban of Yesef Sheikh Shakain. And of Yesef asked it, and others asked it as well. Umataris Bashem Sefer Ben Yochai. 
by the name of the Sefer Ben Yochai, you can imagine what it's about. The Shittas of Rav Shem Fascinating. So Steve, Rav Shem Did he hold the reason was the Tzalem and the Avarazar or an enemy to the Shalach See, he says, our Medjish is before he went to the Mara. Rav Shem was already at Tana before he went in. He faced the Nisayan and sat and learned and studied with Rav Lezer But when he came out, he was even exponentially far greater. And the Gemara makes that point. Klape, his learning and his son-in-law, and when he came out, he had a different sheet on certain things. So according to this answer, his sheet on the Gemara is not the Sudhashach alone. The main problem was the Shtachavil Salem. It could be Zev Zagarim, but Shailas, which one was the main one? So it goes on to say there's a discussion on what the Machlekes is about, but let's assume Eilu Velu Divlekim Chayim arrive in a meet, but there are two problems here. They were mingling, which will lead to Avarazar, Pritzis, and other things, and the original Avarazar. The pell over here is that if you hold it's a little of both, then Kaisar Rebim Zebazah applies by both of them. If you hold like Argamara, it applies by the Tzalem because they were representing, they were, they were representing Kalei Yisrael, and there were 23, the Major says in one place, and despite the fact that three made a tremendous Kiddush Hashem, it didn't help undo this Gezerah which is, to me, a very important part. What did people remember? What was the takeaway from the whole Maisa Nebuchadnezzar? Yes, people, oh, there were three young Yidin who were Maisa Nefesh. Hashem made an ace for them. Obviously, Hashem is happy with Christ, well, he made an ace. The Medrash here and the Gemara, how's like that? The takeaway is, no, 20 people bowed down, Red Minyan, Binyan of Yisrael, bowed down because that was the delegation. Gemara pulls it out. That, that all the Goyim made fun of all the Yidin said that, that, that you saw the this happen how did you guys go down? Right, right, but I took that Gemara to mean that you guys should really have a great role model over here yeah, they might be young and experienced but a great role model you should really up the ante and uh, get your act together but the takeaway still is Hashem made a nice nigla they were in a furnace that was 9 million degrees and they walked out so how can it be that the end result was Hashem was so angry that there was a Xavier hanging over that's now Chal and time a perm. That's not Pashat. That, that seems to be the Messiah over here. That yes, Hashem made an ace for the individuals who did it. Didn't help Chal Yisrael still hang over them and now it's going to be Chal by perm and Mordechai tells them that. Now can you imagine, I can't even explain it in Shia. It's hard to understand. Can you imagine what the Hamanam was doing with this? said, so let's get this again without being chutzpahdik to Mordechai. You didn't bow down and you didn't even budge when he walks by and now he's furious and he says, I'm so angry at you, I'm going to kill all your people. And it has nothing to do with that. It's only because many, many decades ago Chaim HaShavazayah made a tremendous nice Kiddush Hashem and they were saved from the furnace and Klai Yisrael was flying high and people, and there were a bunch of Jews who didn't do that, but okay, no one's perfect. And that's the problem. I'm trying to... Mordechai is going to be 100% right or 100% wrong. I'm just trying to paint a picture over here that whatever you think you don't understand that goes on today, and you think you're right, your kasha is not going to be better than their kasha. That's what I'm trying to... And that will be a theme we're going to discuss over and over again. On that positive note, that Klai Yisrael is still here, we'll remind everybody of that. And then means you're still mechuyiv and malav malka. And that's one of the easier mitzvahs. Have a good vach.